0: Trademarks owned by Becklas AB to CV, 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.
1: The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them.
2: I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that Boston X next. Big jab there from Duffy and
3: Frank Meers. hurt now. Oh, Duffy, out oh, cold. Frank Mir does it again. Rock'em, them, robots here. Oh, my goodness. I believe
1: there are a couple of absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here are your hosts. John Anik and Kenny Florian.
0: Oh, I love the mere Duffy Open, but it might be time to get Ray Longo's name into the Open. It is Monday, September 14, 2020, episode 267 of the Anik and Florian podcast, starring the BattleBots guy, Ken Flo. (laughs)
2: What up? Wow, Anik's coming coming out swinging, Kenny. (laughs) I like it, I like it. So I don't know
0: if it was on YouTube. I think one of our viewers said, oh, there's Kenny Florian, you know, the guy from BattleBots. Little do some of
2: these people know the guy fought for three
0: UFC world championships.
2: (laughs) uh, You know, now, Kenny, do you think you're more known for bo- BattleBots than for the UFC fighting <laughs> career? Is that what he's saying? I, I don't know. But one of, the, one of
3: the greatest comments I've ever seen,
2: I, I and you,
3: know, you can't tell uh, the context on, on social media, but someone said, you know, why the hell is the BattleBots guy talking about UFC? And then, like, you know, I thought that was the That's greatest right. comment
0: ever. So it's
4: slipping
2: you know, under the radar. Yeah, you got to take it any way you can
0: get it. Like yeah, that, you know? exactly. You like that organic battle bots plug, though, Ray? Right off the top yeah, of sure. right. the show. Advertising right. for those guys. So yeah, what are you doing, Ray? I know you just uh, you just left the gym. I guess you were at a PFL
2: shirt. We'll let you get away with that. What's going oh, on? Oh, yeah. You know what? Yeah, I should have. I'm sorry about that. I should have taken it off. Yeah, <laughs> no, I just, it's uh, fine. It's I fine. just saw Mr. Wideman. He's back from, uh, he was away for two weeks with his new one. He's done with South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, he's back. back. It was... He might be coming back. I'm not sure. Just, <laughs> I still, I ask him every day. He doesn't know why he's down there. So I don't know <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was good it was good seeing them.
0: They don't call it God's country. Is that England? Uh, but it, South Carolina is a beautiful, beautiful place. My college roommate lives in Mount Pleasant or something like that. Ken Flo married into uh, a South Carolina family, the more you know. Uh, we all right, we got a lot to... Uh, <laughs> we got a lot to get to. Uh, we're going to recap this Waterson versus Hill show, uh, but I want to talk about Tony Ferguson and Dustin Poirier very quickly off the top here as we get to headlines. So uh, Ken Flo retweeting Dustin Poirier. Uh, essentially, if you don't know the story, it seems like Tony Ferguson is trying to get Dustin Poirier paid so as to have that fight happen. Ken Flo at UFC 254. Certainly, that would be a great injection to that pay-per-view that will be headlined by Khabib Nurmagomedov and Justin Gaethje. But uh, Dustin Poirier wrote, Tony's the type of guy who would manage his opponent and get him a new contract for the fight to happen. I mean, Ferguson really is a great guy. I mean, you've seen what he's done for our makeup artists while well, she's sick, Susie Freeton. Ferguson's the man. You know, another chapter here, Flo.
3: He really is. And listen, he, I think he wants this fight, but more importantly, the fans want this fight. This is a fight that um, you know, I think a lot of people are looking forward to, is there any possible way? I I, I don't even care. I I don't think it's, I think it's impossible for this fight to be jinxed, but is there any way that that fight isn't one of the most exciting fights you've ever seen? I mean, look at the way that both of those guys bring it Two of the elite at 155 pounds, two guys who have had the interim belt in that division, two guys who only know how to come forward. That's a classic fight that must happen. It must happen. Yeah. I think Tony Ferguson realizes uh, that it's a fight that has to happen as well, and I think it's the right time to make it happen. It seemed like uh, the UFC wasn't able to to make it happen, but Tony Ferguson uh, trying trying to uh, yeah. trying to get the ball to Poirier. I like it.
2: Yeah, love it. And by, plus, again, I mean, and you know, it's going to be a fight where they're not coming out unscathed. You know what I mean? They're going to take yeah. some damage. So no, pay the no. guys the damn money. Even the money they're getting, I'm sure, is probably not even worth it. But just pay the money. You know it's going to be a great right. fight. People are going to tune in. And I'm sure they can't be that far off in the in the numbers. You know what I mean? So right. Right. Uh, I don't know. I think a fight like that, like, I, like Kenny said, it has to happen. But nobody's coming out of there with no marks on them. And you got to put a price on that. And I think they deserve to get paid. And I think the UFC will come around and do that fight.
3: Now, John, they're trying to make it happen the same night as Habib uh, and Gaethje, correct? I believe
0: so. And I think that's why time is of the essence, because if you're Poirier and both guys, certainly, but Dustin's got to start cutting weight, you know, five, six weeks out.
3: Right, and not to mention, you want to have an elite guy as a backup just in case one, one of those guys get hurt. So I think it makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. I think the only thing that doesn't make sense right now for the UFC is the amount of money that they want to pay Poirier.
2: Hopefully it happens. Yeah, plus, I mean, they're going to make i – I'm assuming they're going to make a killing on the Khabib fight. Yes. That couple of hundred grand in either direction is not going to even move the needle. So let's do it. Yes,
0: and with those four guys on the same date, you have some built in insurance there, I guess, uh, some prizes and some belts might be at issue. But for the most part, uh, perhaps if those guys were on the card, you could salvage a main event or one of those guys to get injured. But we don't want to talk like that. But, yeah, to quote Theo Vaughn over the weekend, if they do Ferguson Poirier, uh, you got to get health insurance before you fight uh, that one. Make oh, sure there that you go. Right there. I agree. Healthy. Yeah, Uh, But just cool to see Tony Ferguson just being a good guy as usual uh, in so many ways, especially in the case of trying to get his opponent more money, because it seems like Ferguson is happy with whatever contract has been uh, presented him for that specific fight. All right. Let's get to this weekend and what was a great showcase for the straw weights. I thought Ken flow, Angela Hill, Michelle Waterson, they go the distance as many expected. Uh, it is a decision win for the karate Haughty. And uh, candidly, after two straight losses, at least on paper, she needed this win and uh, kind of exhaled after the fact with that in mind. Huge W for uh, Michelle Waterson over the weekend.
3: Yeah, huge W indeed, and and I felt that you know uh, she showed a lot of character uh, coming back after being two rounds down. It was not looking good, and I think right. Karate Hadi is the you know she's the kind of girl that you know it takes her a little bit to kind of get accustomed to the to the fight a little bit. Uh, she needs to get warmed up, it seems a little bit, and she gets stronger as the fight goes on. Uh, and you know performing like she did, I, I thought it was a, a phenomenal performance. Uh, coming back, it was a close fight. I know some people thought Angela Hill, uh, won that fight. I thought karate hottie did enough, uh, to squeeze out a win in that, in that fifth and final round. Uh, I had the first two rounds for Hill, uh, the final two rounds, uh, for Watterson. Uh, and then I thought Michelle did just enough at the end to kind of get a little blitz, a little flurry going to, to maybe sway the judges her way. But it was a fight that definitely could have gone either way. Both women really, uh, I thought performed extremely well, showed a lot of toughness, a lot of skill. they were mixing things up. There are great momentum
0: shifts, Uh really fun fight to watch, man. Yeah. Ray, What'd you think for those that were not able to uh, ingest your post fight show over the weekend, if they were not of the hundreds <laughs> of thousands of people that listen to your post fight show, for our small audience here on the Anakin Forum podcast, why
2: don't you tell us what you thought about that? Yeah, I'm sure I'm, re- I'm sure I'm repeating myself to a lot of people. <laughs> you know, a lot of people yeah. were,
0: uh,
2: were watching, but uh, no, I'm going to tell you some. First off, Angela Hill in the first two rounds looked like she could fight anybody in that that division. Like she was a, I thought that was a championship type of first two rounds for her. And then I guess after the takedown, it just, you know, she kind of didn't have the output that she had in the first two. And I think that's what might have did her in even in the eyes of the judges that she had such a dominant first two rounds that anything less than that looked like she might not have been doing that good. you know what I mean so right. I think the last round was close. I think the right girl won, and I think it was a great great fight for Watterson. I think she mixed up the kicks in the fifth round had the side kick going through a couple of axe kicks, and it just looked like she was the uh she was in control of that fight going uh at the at the at the end so i think. You know, like, again, the right person won, but you could have won either way with that fight. Both both of those girls are winners. I thought they did a great job for 215-pounders in a main event slot. I thought it was great. I thought it was a great night. And, uh, you know, hats off to both of them. There's no winner or loser in that fight.
5: And Ray and I
0: talked before the show and he sort of was of the opinion that even though there aren't championship stakes and these aren't top five ranked fighters necessarily in what is a very competitive division, nice to see the sport get behind a main event that was technical and certainly uh, had you know, compelling action on both sides. Both fighters had their moments. All right, so much to unpack on this main event. We got Brian Stan scheduled to come up here in about five minutes, but the Ed Herman situation against slow Mike Rodriguez, Bobby Green getting a third win inside of 85 days. Uh, Ken Flo, did you see that Otman Azaitar knockout in the co-main event against Kama Worthy?
3: Uh, I sure did, man. Um, you know, I, I thought that Worthy, to me, heading into that fight, it it seemed like he had more skills. We didn't ha- have a whole lot of footage on Azaitar uh, the guy just, you know, he lands and he puts you to sleep kind of the same situation here. This guy has insane power, um, coming in with a whole lot of confidence. Uh, and I would say we still don't know a whole lot about him. Uh, certainly, maybe not more than we, we knew before. He's got some serious power. Do not stand in front of that guy for very, for, for too long. You will get put to sleep. Um, excellent win for him. And, uh, he's, he's definitely someone to watch dude.
0: Ray, I didn't like him over 15 minutes necessarily. I thought there was one way to bet this fight as Itar in that plus 220 range by knockout. Again, I think the jury's still out, but I think he's an exciting fighter and uh, certainly a guy who who goes for
2: it, you know, come hell or high water. Yeah, I look, I think uh, like, again, you know, it's uh, I, I think worthy. I don't want to say didn't respect them, but you kind of knew what you were getting into. I think it was similar to Billy Q's fight. You know, Nelson's coming with the heat in the first round. But look what happened. You know, Billy Q, as he normally does, hung tough, and he just annihilated the guy at the end. I mean, he you could see that fight changing. And, and I think if Worthy would have put in the same mentality as Billy Q and maybe just played it a little safe, not that Billy Q even played it safe because he loves to fight and he could take the punishment, which I think is a, a great asset for him. But I think Worthy looked like he just didn't respect him. And then it, before you know it, it's too late. You know you got a Mad Hatter in front of you. Uh, and I think that was the difference in the fight. And I think if he would have made it to the second or third round, you would have saw a completely different fight and outcome.
0: How about that knockout for Billy Q? It's not every day. You see a knockout that happens seven seconds into a round like that. I think it's a very unique circumstance. And I think he's a unique fighter in so far as yanking Alcardio, the guy, right? He's totally fearless in there. Happy to take your best shots. Kenny, is it too simplistic of me? I've talked about Billy Q in this way before, but I don't want to be on the wrong side of the cardio guy from a betting perspective. You know, I, I know people saw value on Kyle Nelson, and I do think he's a nice fighter. I really do. And a guy who's in tremendous shape and runs all the time. I've seen him train, Uh, but to me, it's like if I'm wanting to bet on a fight, I'm betting on the cardio guy every day of the week, every day of the week.
3: Yeah, listen, and I think that he definitely comes in shape. There's no doubt about it, but there's a whole lot of toughness associated with that conditioning as well. Billy Q, like Ray said, does love to fight. He's got that scrappiness in him, um, which isn't always easy to teach. So if, if things go to that dark place, Billy Q will be right there. Yeah. Uh, and I also think his experience now, now, now that he's gaining a lot of experience and seeing a lot of things in the octagon, he's, he's only going to be that much better and that much tougher to beat. Yeah.
0: Look, last Ray,
2: two, tough division, but uh, yeah.
0: I'm excited to see how far
2: no, Definitely he. tough division. But look, look at the impact he's made with three fights. Everybody loves him. Everybody loves to watch him fight. Now I'm really blown away by what he was able to do. You know, since he was on the show before and we had gotten to see him. But, man, talk about making the best out of your time in the in the octagon. That's him. And last two opponents thought they were going to run right over him. And that didn't happen. And then they both fell apart. You know, both, both two, you know, like front runners, good first-round fighters. You can't take a lot of shots. But Billy Q can. And Billy Q really did a great job in both of those fights and surviving first and then winning. I mean, just... Phenomenal. And again, he's one of those guys because he's such a nice guy and he's a badass and he's tough. You gotta love yeah. him. You gotta love the oh, guy. Yeah. You know, and there's, and there's a lot of skill. There's a yeah, lot of that. But just yeah. the other attributes he has, I think make him a fan favorite. And for three fights, he's more well known in the UFC now than guys that are in there with five or six fights. So he's doing something right. Couldn't be happier for a guy because when you meet him, you're just gonna fall in love with him. He's a sweetheart. So Good for him, man. Happy happy for everything that he's doing and hopefully accomplishes a lot more.
0: And it is crazy. We're coming up on nine years when Ken Flo fought for the UFC Featherweight Championship. And oh, here's man. Billy
2: Q, right? He's like 15
0: and 2 or whatever the pro record is. He might only be a one-loss fighter, but something like that. And he's probably like number 35, 40 in the world right now. You yeah. know what I mean? Like in the and, UFC, not in the world. I'm just saying in the fucking UFC. He's probably absolutely. number 30. And I heard
2: he watches BattleBots. I'm not sure. If yeah, 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 like, yeah. I
3: that featherweight division, though, again, I have them as the second most difficult division in the UFC. I think number one, 155, and number two, for my money, is that featherweight division. It's just ridiculous.
0: Yeah. All right, more coming up on Bobby Green and, of course, Ed Herman right. and the wayward decision by the referee there and Roxanne yeah. Mataferi. I mean, just put a blindfold on, go to the fucking window and say I'd like to bet on Roxanne Mataferi. Yeah. Support for the Anakin Florian podcast comes from the official electric razor of UFC Manscaped. So I delivered two of these Lawnmower 3.0s to our UFC producers three weeks ago. And let me tell you, two more happy customers, folks. Manscaped truly has everything you need to keep your package nice and tidy and is the best company in the world when it comes to men's below-the-belt grooming. Their top-notch ball trimmer called the Lawnmower 3.0 will keep you clean and without any of those nicks and cuts. Manscaped has also partnered with top-tier MMA athletes like midway champ Israel Adesanya and many others who understand that hygiene matters and also understand what it takes to be the best well, so does this revolutionary men's grooming company, Manscaped. They've sponsored this show for six months running. They just redesigned this lawnmower 3.0. Features a great ceramic blade, proprietary advanced skin-safe technology. I'm telling you, accidents are going to become a thing of the past. long goes on board of that, I can assure you. And big picture, again, listeners, viewers, if you are a man, you don't want to use the same trimmer on your face as you're using down there. So we want to help you get there, get to the promised land. To get 20% off with free shipping, go to manscaped.com right now and use the promo code AF. That's promo code AF, 20% off, and free shipping at manscaped.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. So when you are at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down, and you may feel a touch overwhelmed. Perhaps you're not showing up the way that you would like to. I can certainly relate. You know, there's a phrase in the song, there's no business like show business, and it says there's no people like show people. They smile when they are low. And for me, being in the public eye has been challenging, at least in terms of always projecting happiness when perhaps that's not how I'm feeling. Well, whatever your situation, working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you. And when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything that life throws your way. For me, it's imperative that I'm my best self in order to just perform at a high level. And when I don't feel that way, BetterHelp is a great option and a great resource for therapy. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. That gets you matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch out anytime for no additional charge if you're not happy. For me, I'm on the road about a years, so being able to connect with someone remotely was absolutely huge for me. And my mindset really candidly has changed for the better. So if you want to live a more empowered life, Therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelpcom slash Florian today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel com slash Florian. All right, now with us on the guest line. I mean, how do you fucking introduce this guy? Probably without swearing right out of the shoot, but he's a friend of the show, so much more than that. Uh, for me and Canflow, our former broadcast partner, greatest leader I've ever been around, he's a COO, and the greatest living American, Brian Stan, now rejoins the program. B-Stan, it is great to have you with us. You there?
1: I am here, man. It's always so great to be on, man. Thank you so much, brother.
0: So Longo didn't get a chance to, I think, bid you farewell when uh, you left me high and dry at the altar and left the UFC broadcast team. So Ray is so excited to get the chance to talk to you today. Longo, take it away, my man. Oh, I can't hear Ray. Hopefully we can get Ray back. Ray, you there? Uh, That's because you're wearing the PFL shirt. Guy mutes (laughs) his mic. You got a UFC t-shirt, Ray? You got a UFC shirt over there. All right. I'm not hearing Ray. So, uh, Brian, I will begin and I don't even know where to begin with you necessarily. Um, Do you think Trump and Biden are actually going to go on the Joe Rogan experience? I would think Joe Biden's people would uh, steer him well clear of that initiative. What do you think?
1: I couldn't agree more. I think they will tell him absolutely not. And uh, it's unfortunate because honestly, you know, my my experience with Joe and you'll probably agree. Uh, Joe is right up there in my mind with you in terms of their ability to ask questions on the fly and really pull the best out of someone in an interview, two different styles, obviously, but you know, in my experience on the podcast with Joe, it was three hours and the three hours went by so fast and he ever skipped a beat in terms of what he wanted to talk to me about and what he wanted to pull out of me. Um, and it was, it was really impressive. I think he would actually do a good unbiased job. I think that he has some really left-leaning uh, traits and some really right-leaning yeah. traits, but does love the country. But uh, no, I, I, if, if I'm advising Biden, I'm telling him to absolutely steer clear of that. It's, uh, it's very tricky with Joe. Joe's very quick with you've got to be ready to yes, respond yes. to all kinds of things. And he's not going to steer clear of Hunter Biden and the things that have gone on there no differently than he won't steer clear from any of Trump's transgressions. We just right. know the fact that with President Trump, I mean, he doesn't really care that much, does he? Right. I,
3: well, I'm curious. Joe's
0: the perfect man for the job. I mean.
3: Well, I was going to say, I, th- I think it's as good as it gets with Joe Rogan, but can anyone monitor both those guys, or uh, uh, Donald Trump anyway, and, and kind of preventing him from talking when, when he's not supposed to be talking or interrupting? I, I see that kind of, Going south
1: quickly as well, uh, but uh, who knows? You're Joe's right. <laughs> yeah, you're unless they're both there physically. And he, I mean, how do you how do you sit there and tell the president of United States of America to shut <laughs> <Yeah>. up?
0: <laughs> right? Do uh, you tell him rap? Excuse me, President right. Mr. President, right. rap.
4: Right,
0: right, right. It's one thing when you're hosting counterpunch sitting between Rashad Evans and John Jones. It's another thing when you're sitting there with the, uh, the president of the United States of America. Uh, speaking of leading men Longo, you got a hot microphone now. I mean, what are we doing here? Am, Am
2: I good to go or no? You are now. Hey, Brian, it's Ray Longo, man. I really want to say I miss you. And I meant to always call you, but I couldn't be happier for you, buddy. I mean, corporate America I think it uh, has gained a valuable asset and uh, so happy you went back to school and, you know, doing a little time in uh, corporate America, man, I could see you coming into the boardroom and just taking command. I think <laughs> that, I think yeah. that's, that's where you're at, man. I think it, I hope it's going as well as uh, you wanted it to go.
1: I appreciate that so much, coach. I, I miss you and I miss all the family in our mixed martial arts community. Um, you know even though people fight and they compete against each other, people don't see those behind the scenes interactions at the hotel afterwards in the matter of the rooms, where everybody from all these opposing teams just gets so close because this sport really demands so much of the athletes and coaches and you know, it, it has been a really rewarding experience. Going back to school was phenomenal. Uh, the role that I'm in right now has stretched me and challenged me in, in so many different ways. And the great thing about it in the last three years, I've been able to to build a team um, at, at this company, uh, specifically my team, that just is is full of people with phenomenal attitudes who are willing to bend over backwards for each other. And it's hard to do that in corporate America. It's hard to find that kind of talent, find those people. But, you know, we've got them and uh, the company
2: is performing the best it ever has to date through a global pandemic. And I just I couldn't be more grateful. I'm very lucky. Awesome for you. you. you, When when I think of Beast Dam, I think of presence. I mean, who has more presence when they walk in a room? And I think that's a great thing to uh to have in corporate America. Seems like you found loyalty, which that's not easy to find in corporate America because it's a rat race and people are trying to climb all over each other. But uh if anybody could do it, it's you, buddy. So really like hats off to you, man. I think it's uh, just just a great, great story.
1: Uh oh, thank you so much. And I've got to I've gotta work on my presence now on Zoom calls, right? That's that's the hard <laughs> thing. It was easy to have yeah. presence in a room. Now, now you're just a voice or just talking head on a screen. It changes
2: the game from a leadership perspective. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it.
0: So uh, as you gain distance from calling your last UFC fight, does your desire to get back to it, wane? is it easier or harder with that time removed from sort of being in this crazy circus world that many of us are still residing in? It's so funny you asked that because I literally thought about
1: this a few weeks ago and I was like, you know, they could call me tomorrow and I think I could hop on, on 24 hours notice. I think I could do enough research, hop back in there with you and still be like 97, 96% to where I was. Now, of course, that's, you know, that's us as contenders. We always want to think and feel that way, but You know, I like to pretend like I could do that. I also like to think that if I were to do a comeback fight, I can get to that level as well. And then I throw my back out and I'm reminded that I'm not as young as I once was. So, uh, no, you know, that's a part of my life. I look back on John so favorably. It it was, we did, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. We met some amazing people that you only meet in this sport that was very unique and very different from calling college football or calling boxing. And, uh, it's always going to be something that I look back on with fondness and, but, but it's, it's a job that a lot of people at home don't realize the sacrifice that goes into it. And, and that's hard. You know, you're, you're only as good as the last fight that you called. It's very competitive. There are hundreds of thousands of people that want your job. There's a couple hundred that are qualified, but they're going to try and take your job every single year. So you're constantly in competition and negotiating the next contract. Um, And you're traveling all over God's green earth to do it and and putting in time for it. Your family has sacrificed it. So uh, there's just a lot to that job, but it's something that I'll always miss eternally. It was a lot of fun.
0: And there's so much truth in what you just said in terms of only being as good as your last show. A lot of people don't think that's the truth, but I can assure you, uh, to a man, to a woman, that is absolutely the truth. Uh, UFC veteran, former WEC champ Brian Stan, gracious enough to give us a few minutes here on the Anakin Florian podcast. So I want to get to some of these big fights coming up, and I know Ray and Kenny do Covington Woodley and, of course, Adesanya Costa. But I guess in the nature of not totally burying the lead, one of our listeners suggested that maybe Luke Thomas offered up on his show that – uh, you're contemplating a run for public office. Um, I mean, is this fact or fiction?
1: It is, it is fiction for right now. It was certainly, uh, sign, you know, there, there's right. no recent developments here. Um, <laughs> but you know, you, 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 never know what, what could hold. I mean, I, I turned 40 this year and I think, uh, when people used to say that to me, I used to tell them I don't have enough to offer. You know, th- there's, there are so many complexities in the world and the economy. And I think a lot of people that run for office and actually get into office are not qualified for the job at all. And uh, if if I do choose to run one day, it's going to be at a time where I really feel like I'm the best version of myself. I have something to offer the country, and my family absolutely has to be behind me in that because I've done a lot of things in the past that made them sacrifice. And and I've got to I've got to put them first now where my kids are young. I don't want to be looking back on my life and say boy I always put them second.
0: Right. And I know Chael Sonnen uh, and I believe even Joe Rogan have written in your name on the ballot. I said to our audience a couple of weeks ago, I'm going to try to figure out somebody to vote for, you know, between now and November. But I'm not afraid to write in the name Brian Stan. And I hope that people respect that and not think I'm wasting a vote, Brian. You know, if Chael's done it, if he Stan, if, if if Rogan's done it, I mean, why not? Why not get the right? If, if
1: if if called upon, I would absolutely return to service for my country. And, uh, you you know, when you look at some of the things that that have happened recently, it's the way the media and information warfare is taking place is really, really sad. And there's just a lot of things that people don't realize that are going on and how we're being influenced and how we're being impacted. But there's far more that unites us than there is that divides us. And the media continues to show a very small percentage of the population to really influence the radical side in all of us to make us feel like this is what the masses think when it's not. Right. And so you get the masses that think everybody thinks like the fringe does. And it stirs up a lot more controversy than we should have. And uh, we've just we've got we've got to find a better way um, to to, to communicate information and digest information than we're doing right now.
2: Yeah. Uh, Let me just on a side note, too, John, I mean, with this, you know, pandemic and the quarantine, I never really followed politics. But, you know, staying inside the house and not having anything to do when I started watching. These, uh, you know, like Fox and CNN. I am blown away by how bad it is. I mean, I'm blown away. Never really was into it. Now, I, it's really, if I mean, we we we're in trouble, man. I think we do need a change. And I love what uh, Brian's saying, but man, I tell you, as a as an outsider coming on board and just looking right now, really disturbing what I what I see and hear.
3: Yeah, I, I would say not not only uh, on the news, but, uh, you know, everything from social media to all those it, it, tricks it, and Google and all those things that they're doing. They're basically weaponizing our own uh, propensities for things and how we think and basically using it against us. But um, a- a- anyways, I wanted to switch gears a little bit because we can go down a rabbit hole that uh, could, <laughs> could take us away for about an hour or so. I want to get back to the fight, Brian. Um Tyron Woodley taking on Colby Covington, obviously a lot of bad blood between those two. Tyron hasn't looked the same. Uh, certainly not at his championship form that we've seen him in the last couple fights. How do you see this fight going down, man?
1: You know, this you're you're exactly right. This fight goes depending on which version of Tyron Woodley shows up. And, you know, I thought he, he had a very honest and heartfelt message after his last fight where he actually came out and said, I felt great. Everything was right, and in there, he just didn't have it. And if, if that's the tyrant that shows up, we know that Woodley is going to most likely run away with a decision. He is going to outpace him. He's going to hit him with volume and really mix it up the way that that Colby Covington can. And if I'm Colby, right, you know, he's got a really awkward, you know, way that he goes about his media, but. It's worked for him, right? I mean, a lot of people know who he is now. And a lot of people criticized him originally, right? And those of us that knew him before that, you do what you got to do in this game to make enough money to at least have something left over when you're done. That says, hey, it was worth what I did to my body and the risks I took. And he's trying to do that. Um, That said, I I poke and I prod and I try to insult, I try to invoke uh, whatever made him doubt himself in his last two fights. And I repeat that repeatedly all fight week, and remind him that he that he didn't show up. Remind him that he's not going to be able to keep up with me. Plant those seeds of doubt in your head. And if I'm Tyrant, right, I don't know how he trained for this fight, but if if I were him personally, what what I would have needed was I would have trained for this fight back home. I would have gone back to those streets in St. Louis where I've got an office in St. Louis, and I, I I've actually seen and, and know the areas that Tyrant Woodley grew up, and they're not even. and he had to work very hard to get to where he was, to be a scholarship athlete at University of Missouri and do the things he's done, I go back there and I fly my trainers in and I train there and I train a little bit rough and I get away from some of the things that I've been able to afford now that are the niceties in life and and I get back to a mental state where I'm ready to be the guy that that had to wrestle his way into a collegiate scholarship, that had to fight his way, you know, and through strike force and to get a world title, that had to fight his way to the UFC title because if that guy doesn't show up, this fight could be a runaway. And, and if I am tired, strategy, strategy wise in this fight, don't worry about winning rounds as much as you worry about standing your ground, in the center of the octagon and yeah. hurting Colby, take right. your time, right? Don't waste energy. But when you do throw, wait for the opportunity and you hurt him and stand your dang ground. Cause if he backs up against the fence and circles, like he sometimes likes to do, he's not, he's rarely successful there unless he catches you like he did Robbie Lawler. Colby really is successful when he can walk you down consistently and put on his pace of the fight. I'd like to see Tyron stand his ground. And for Colby, right, go out there and put the pace on him right away. Plant the seeds of doubt and then give him every reason to walk back to his stool after the first round to, to, to show him that you were right the entire week when you poked and prodded and told him he could keep up with you.
0: Mm, very interesting i agree with essentially every word of that and and i did go to his house that he grew up in in ferguson missouri when i was filming in the clinch for for fox sports one back in the day and i've walked those streets i went to the high school uh that he went to so uh i agree i mean bringing back sort of some of that that mean hungry athlete i think has to be uh priority number one a lot of people think it's as simple as letting his hands go uh more on that later in the main event challenge hey bry before we let you go Paolo Costa is undefeated. So is the undisputed middleweight champion Israel Adesanya. It's 12 days from now. It's as anticipated a title fight as we've had in 2020. I have no idea who's going to win it. I'm just hoping to pass my COVID-19 test so I can call it. Um, <laughs> you got to lean for us. Adesanya is a slight favorite right now, about minus 135.
1: You know, that, that's. I think the, the championship experience he has makes me give him the slight advantage as well. Uh, But in this fight, right, again, there's some question marks based on Adesanya's last fight. And if I'm Paulo Costa, the first thing I need to do in round one is I need to land a solid shot in her. I need to make him overthink this fight the way he did with Romero. I need him to not want to engage with me, to not want to close the distance to really question whether he wants to be in there. Because what he showed against Romero was, hey, I don't want to go in there, get to be stupid and get knocked out by a very powerful guy. He showed a little bit, a little bit of concern, even though he was being really intelligent and fought smart. He showed some concern that fighters like Paul Costa can feed off of, right? And and it, I think it's very important that Costa go out there and be aggressive in round one and land some hard shots and get Adesanya thinking. Because when he's thinking, he's not the same fighter. I I suspect as when he's in there and he's in that zone and he's flowing and he's using those beautiful techniques. Because otherwise, if you let Adesanya get comfortable there and you let that kid get in the zone like we've seen before, my goodness is he as athletic and fun a fighter as as I've seen.
0: Can't wait to see it play out. We wish you all the best, Brian Stan. I believe you're turning 40 in 10 days. I mean, are these your last 10 days in your 30s? Is that good, solid information? Uh, It is good, solid information. Oh, that's a bad birthday, man. Ken Flo and I have been there. Ray Longo has been there. It's, that's <laughs> not an easy birthday. It's not an hey, but easy birthday.
2: Ray Longo doesn't even remember when he was there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, to be 40, John. Yeah, yeah. It's your last days as a boy.
3: Yep. Yeah. It's right. a good thing you, me, and Ray look like we're still in our 20s, Brian. Yeah, That's right. <laughs> that's, right. that's right.
1: I keep telling myself that. <laughs> <laughs> we well, still got, 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 got it, it baby. pictures up. <laughs> I would all old pictures up on social media now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, buddy, congrats on everything you got going on. We'll leave a microphone open for you anytime. Wish you all the best. Uh, enjoy the football season. Eagles off to a tough start, so we'll see what they can do in week two. But all, always great to hear your voice, my man. And uh, a happy early birthday to you as well.
1: Thanks so much, guys. So great to talk to you guys. So great to be on the show. Always a pleasure. Have a great one, guys. All right, yeah, happy, happy birthday, birthday dude. Birthday. Okay.
0: The greatest living American, Brian Stan. Get that, who, let's
2: get that guy to run for office. We need him. If there's any time we need him, we need him right now. We yeah. do need him right now, That's but sure. he
0: is so thoughtful, and he thinks that when he's 52, 54, 56, with another 10, 12 years of experience accrued, that that he'll be ready. And uh, as I've told our audience before, Ken Flo. You know, I've said, hey, you going to make me chief of staff? And he's like, absolutely not.
3: You know? <laughs> that means we got the right guy in there. That's exactly. good. Yeah, yeah. Because he's not just not- giving his friends favors. That's good. No. He's yeah. like, if you're lucky,
0: you'll be a fucking groomsman in my second wedding if you stop cussing <laughs> and talk about weed all the time. Oh, man. Ray, couple more things with you before we let you go to change that T-shirt. Bobby Green just won three fights in 85 days. He had one win in the last five and a half years, Ken Flo. And I just feel so good for this guy. You know, the MMA life for Bobby Green. Three wins in 85 days, went five and a half years, got his hand raised one time. Just really happy to see him do that against a very tough Alon Patrick. What would you think of Bobby Green, Ray?
2: Man, I tell you, I'm on the Bobby Green uh, bandwagon right now. I think what he's doing is phenomenal. Seems like he's in a good spot. You know, even his interviews afterwards, they're always, you know, a little insightful and just you could see he's he's coming from a, a great spot in his heart but I'll tell you what he's he's now become a, a, a big problem he really is a problem to deal with and it seems like he's comfortable you know how to eke out not eke out how to really get wins where before maybe he was posturing too much and fucking around but now he's he looks like his fight IQ is a lot better and he understands what he has to do to win and he's 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 about as tough as they come. I like where his head's at. And I think uh, whatever's going on in his life, I think, has allowed him to to perform at this level. And he's staying active, which is good. And I don't think he's an easy out for anybody.
0: And I know there are a lot of emotions from a lot of athletes when they saw the UFC pay tribute to uh, to Navid. Afkari, the uh, the Iranian wrestler who, who was unceremoniously executed uh, for a protest effort in his native Iran. So Bobby Green was so overwhelmed by that, was able to fight through it. But his post-fight interview uh, was largely about that before he sort of walked off set. But, um, yeah, big win for Bobby Green. And then quickly before we get to Bala Muhammad, Ed Herman over Mike Rodriguez by Kimura, Ken Flo. Now, there was obviously some controversy in this fight involving the referee, Chris Tognoni. There was a body shot from slow Mike Rodriguez that landed cleanly, but the action was stopped because Tanyoni thought it was an inadvertent groin strike. Herman comes back to get the win by Kimura. I know Ray feels strongly about this, as do a lot of people. They should have gone to the replay, right? The Nevada State Athletic Commission has replay at any time during a fight. If you got it, I don't know why you don't use it. Kempflo, what'd you think of the uh, the controversy surrounding that Herman fight over the weekend?
3: Man, very very unfortunate circumstances there for Mike Rodriguez, um, who was looking just phenomenal in the clinch, doing a great job at throwing those short strikes, knees and elbows, uh, and it was a legit blow right to the body. I think Ed Herman kind of cl- crunched over a little bit, kind of dropped his hands a little bit, almost like he was like, he got hit to the groin. Uh, and there was a delayed reaction from him and also from the referee. And I think the referee, uh, wasn't in the right angle to see it. He, uh, I think Rodriguez had his back, uh, to, uh, Chris Tognoni and he wasn't able to see the actual shot. Uh, and he made a, a poor assumption. Um, A big mistake, you know, uh, I know he's been in the game for a little bit, but in the fight game as a referee, you're going to learn a lot as you go. There's a lot of circumstances that, you know, you haven't seen before. Uh, He made a critical mistake and it was at the cost of Mike Rodriguez, who now will have an L uh, by his name because of that uh, shot that was not seen properly by the referee. It's unfortunate. It sucks. Um, I, I don't know if that's confirmed yet that the UFC did pay Mike Rodriguez his win money. If that's the case, that is awesome. Uh, but Ed Herman got lucky here, man. Um, you know, the right thing would have been, Hey, you know, that was a shot to the shot to the body and not to uh, the groin, right. but not a whole lot of fighters are going to step up like that. He took his time when he was able to come back and it just, it was a huge momentum shift, man. So really unfortunate and unfortunate circumstances all the way around except for Ed
2: Herman. What do you got, Ray? There's a, man, I I got a million things on this, but first thing is, man, I'm really hoping that the athletic commission, I love Bob Bennett. I think he does a great job. I want to see them step up and overturn that decision and give, make it a win for Rodriguez. I mean, it's very clear what happened. I don't, I, I think Ed Herman's a nice guy, but I tell you what, when he said, you know, well, I was hurt, and I didn't know where the pain was coming from. Let me tell you something. When you're kicked in the fucking balls, you know exactly where the pain is coming from. You know what I mean? So I would have loved to have seen Ed Herman just go, you know what, man, you got me. You know what I mean? And right, I, right. I I know that's probably a stretch, but what a horrible thing for, uh, for Rodriguez. And I just hope there's a way to rectify it. Not, not, and the money thing is good, but he was winning that fight huge. And just... And like as a as a as a watching the fight, I'm like, all right, now you know it was a legitimate blow. But it looks like the way the fight was going, the right guy is going to win, so it won't be that bad. What's the worst possible thing that could have happened? The other guy wins. Like that was right. the crazy part. Like he comes back with a submission. What were the odds of that? So it just yeah. took a bad situation to me and made it fucking horrible. Like literally, yeah. I just think that that was rotten because Rodriguez right away said. It wasn't a low blow. And, like, everybody could say that. But when you see the replay, it's not even – there's nothing close. And uh, that fight was over at that point. Rodriguez is the winner of that fight. I would love to just see the Athletic Commission overturn that. I don't know how you could defend that. And I don't think, you know, nobody's obviously going to argue it, including Ed Herman, because he knows exactly what happened. And, man, it just – it would be a a really – Great way to start turning around some events and saying, "All right, we made a mistake. Everybody's yeah. on board with that. Yeah. But did the right guy to win. I yeah. mean, it's just that's what I would love to see in a perfect world. Yeah, yeah, we made a mistake. Our, our Kimura yeah. defense did not hold up. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, kidding. Look, and, and Bisping, just kidding. And Bisbing, Bisbing loves Ed Herman. I think he did a good job with. I got to address the white elephant in the room, and you know. But when when the, he, you know, Ed Herman didn't even want to lie. You know what I mean? So he said. I think he tried to say, you know, whatever was going to save a little face. And like, Well, I felt pain, but I, I really don't know where it was coming from. And uh, I'll have to go back and look at the tape. I'd love to know what he says after he looks at the tape. I think it's going to remind him exactly where that pain was.
3: Yeah. Danny, well, goal. hopefully,
2: Rodriguez. Come no,
3: on. Win. There's no mistaking a shot to the
2: nuts. There's no mistaking. Look, my balls perfect. were
3: here. Now they're yeah. in my stomach. I get you.
2: Yeah, That's either yeah, your balls right. or your nuts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. First, I'll hit you with a shot. Then I'll kick you in the ball. See if we can <laughs> we uh. Well, hopefully,
0: he wins the appeal. Hopefully, they match make him moving forward uh, as if it was a W over Edge short fuse, Herman. But uh, all right. We'll stop it down there, Ray. Anything else before we let you go? we got to have dinner coming up here soon, 6.48 p.m. Eastern time.
2: Oh, I'm going right to eat right after this. That's All right. it. All
0: right. Well, uh, get a fresh T-shirt. Always great to see you. Great <laughs> to have you for the extended time off the top of the show. And uh, trying to figure out when next week's episode is going to be because uh, I got one foot out the door to Abu Dhabi. But we will talk to you and see your luscious locks
2: in hey, about a week. John, whenever you want this show to go on, that's when the show goes on. Oh. All right. Yeah, that's All right. it.
0: All right, well, to that end, leave that post-fight window open after Covington-Woodley Saturday night. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Be right.
2: Take care of yourself. Have a good evening, guys. I'll see you. We
0: actually might be doing our show right after Covington-Woodley and trying to get it in the can before I uh, board the charter flight. So we'll we'll keep you posted on that on social media. Uh, But a lot more to get to today. And now joining us, this is very exciting. For all of us here at the Anakin Florian podcast, you may recognize the UFC welterweight contender. Bilal. Remember the name Muhammad. Get a number next to the guy's name already. One of the best welterweights in the world, in my mind. And also my best friend in the world, my identical twin brother, Jason Anik is with us. Why are these guys with us? We could talk to Bilal about a million things and Jay, you too. I don't mean to cut you down right out (laughs) of the shoot, Uh, but we are launching a show called remember the show. It's a show for Bilal Muhammad. It'll be under the Anakin Florian podcast banner available to you on our YouTube channel. But Cody Merrow, our producer, and I have been talking about a second show for a long time and talking about the athlete that we wanted to feature on that show. And it's not just MMA junkie, Bilal, that thinks you're a rising star right now. Uh, So we're just happy to have you on board, man. Happy to give you your own show and and let you sort of take the bull and run with it as as we know you will do.
5: Man, I really appreciate it, man. When you guys brought it to me, I was like super excited about it. Uh, I was surprised about it. But, man, I think this is going to be one of those shows that uh, people are definitely going to be wanting to tune into. And who knows, maybe Spotify will offer us a $300 million deal. Right, like, never right. know. Uh, I ain't, ain't putting it in the past this yet.
0: So, uh, and this is who you get as your co host. I know he wasn't handpicked, but I guess you just have to deal with it then.
5: <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's, a, it's a perfect pick for us right now, especially with the hair and everything a yeah. luxurious version of you. That's of right. I bet.
0: Yeah. He's like exactly. a leaner, meaner version, a better looking version, as Ken Flo said off the air. We appreciate that. So, uh, Jay, I know you've been an avid listener of this show and you watch every mixed martial arts event, essentially, that's on television. So, uh, I know you're pretty excited to uh, to be pulling your weight and doing the show with Bilal here coming up this Thursday.
4: No doubt. Um, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Kenny Florian podcast, um, which is... Um, you know a big listener of the show and you know it's this is really in the same fashion all about Bilal you know so i'm going to try and get out of the way for me for the non video folks listening you know a similar voice to you so i got to really you know be careful i know you've certainly said some things that you might want to have back john in your past so i'm going to just try and stay out of the way and let bully sort of run the show
0: so Bilal, so we know about bullies Bix and we know the handicapper that is within just coursing through your veins. But I'd imagine at the very least every Thursday for viewers of this show, you're going to be giving us some sort of main event analysis, if not a prediction, I would think.
5: Yeah, of course. You know, I got to do it, uh, do it that way. It's going to be more video for now instead of me just making my circles. So they'll see how I come through my picks, how I make right. my picks. And then also we're going to have a game show aspect, uh, added into the show, man. I, like, you you never really see a, a fun side of fighters when they do interviews. It's mostly just like asking them how their fights going, how camp's going. I want to bring a different side to it. Like, it's something all fighters have in common. We all love competition. We all love uh, playing against each other. We always want to win something, right? So, this Thursday we're gonna have Paul Felder and uh, Jared Gordon, two good friends of each other. They're gonna be playing against each other. And then we have a sponsor that's gonna uh, give them a, a free uh, rug that's gonna that could go look good on anybody's floor. So. It's going to be fun. It's going to be cool. It's going to make viewers want to tune in and, you know, viewers to tune in, they can win prizes as well.
0: No, it's good. Injecting some fun into things. Cause even me sitting here with the top flight welterweight Ken flow, it's like my journalist mode is like Bala Muhammad with us here on the Anakin. When's your next fight? You know, I want to go into when's your next fight and all of that. When I have you for five minutes, a lot of the brains behind this operation is our video producer, Cody Merrill, who I'd like to bring into the conversation here. Um, I did come up with Remember the Show, which I think is pretty fucking good. But overall, Cody, this Flat is your on. vision, and uh, we appreciate you very much sort of bringing it to the table, kid.
6: Hey, well, we're ready to go. We had a nice little practice last week where we're trying to get everything out of the way, trying to get some of those interview uh, basics you know, out of the way for Jason and Bilal here, just getting to know each other. I think what Bilal said is really true and what we're really trying to bring to this show is – you can go and get your canned interviews everywhere else. You can go and hear what somebody's doing and having the best camp of their life. Even though they're coming in with a half torn quad, it doesn't matter. We want people to hear the real shit. We want people to come on and hear what Paul Felder had for breakfast, or maybe we'll bring up some mean tweets. Everyone knows how Paulie Felder likes to go off on Twitter. Sometimes, maybe we'll just bring them up in real time. We'll get the Irish dragon to be spitting some hot fire.
0: That's right. All right. Well, Cody's going to be on board and, uh, we're very excited for it. Hey, Bilal, before I let you go, bro, I'm going to Fight Island. Am I going to see you over there, man? What's on the books and uh, anything you can tell us that relates to your uh, immediate fighting future, my friend?
5: Uh, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping I get something soon. Uh, I'm already out here doing my bike ride, getting my cardio in right now, trying to stay in shape, trying to wait. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward, since these ranked guys aren't willing to say yes right away, I'm going to try to stay in shape and hop on it. You know, these fighters are pulling out like uh, super fast, super yeah. like day of type of thing, so I want to be ready. And be that guy that steps up.
0: All right, man. Well, it's always good to see you, Jay. You got to stick around for a minute, below. we'll let you go, man. We appreciate the time, and uh, we'll be watching Thursday night, man.
5: Appreciate it, guys. Uh, everybody tune in. It's gonna be a fun show. All right, congrats, ladies, dude. All
0: awesome remember Thanks, the name Muhammad. He have remembered the show fame, Jay. I'm not necessarily done with you, so. For a while, when Jay and I were in high school, he had hair down to his shoulders, as he does right now. I've been shaving my head every four days since I was like 14 years old. But a funny story, when Jay went to get his last haircut more than a year ago, this woman, Cheyenne, and I hate to throw her under the bus on live radio. Chanel. Chanel, excuse me, thank you. Cheyenne, fucking Chanel. But this woman, <laughs> Chanel, Kenflo, he's got a 1230 appointment, and she's down there, you know, smoking a lung dart, whatever she's doing. <laughs> and he's waiting for Chanel and Chanel didn't come back to, you know, the man cave or whatever it is, right? So you just decided to grow it out and here we are, and your hair got you a radio show essentially.
4: Yeah. Well fuck Chanel. And you know, <laughs> we're, we're we're growing out the lettuce. And flow, you flow gotta appreciate the flow, no doubt. It's amazing. You no. Know? Um, but, you know, it's you know, we're just rolling with it. And Ray Longo's following suit, you know. Yeah, um, <laughs> he is. Here. You know, no, no. someone came out and thought John had a receding hairline, and, and some I think someone drew some art with a receding hairline. So, you know, that's part of it, too. Just make sure everyone knows that it's there if he needs it. But I'm excited, you know. But, you know, for me, really, like, watching – my brother's gotten in some trouble. I'll never forget sitting down watching McGregor Diaz, just sort of knowing – what was coming, you know, just knowing and just, you know, I'm just trying to be his filter from time to time. So for yeah. me, he's like, be yourself. I'm going to do my best to be myself and sort of not say anything that might sound like John Annick and, get someone in a spot.
0: He doesn't want to right, be, and, right, you know, cause right. he's very apt to put himself in that spot without <laughs> me. You know, that's right. Um, that's right. I've so. I'll perjure myself. So hopefully on Thursday nights, remember the show with Bilal Muhammad and Jason Anik. Hopefully uh, you don't get me in too much trouble, but Hey man, I know how much you love this sport and I know how much you're sort of invested in it. And uh, you have that bug like we do. So uh, we appreciate it. And, and we'll be tuning in on Thursday night. My man, Cody, you got something else before we let the uh, the cabbage fly.
6: So I do, but it's not for Jason. We've been talking plenty. I got to know Jason just as well as I got to know you, John. This question's for Kenny. John, okay. John a couple weeks ago, said that him and Jason are going to go to Longos, and they're going to spar it out. They're going to come up with some rule yes. cool set, and they're going to get in the cage. Who do you right. have in that fight? Who, as the handicapper pro oh. that you are,
3: would you take in that fight? I need fight footage, number one. I'm going to need some fight footage. I need some kind of tape on both these guys. And uh, I'm just going to go with whoever looks better. I'm going to train that person. So it, it's <laughs> yeah, right, either right, Jason right. or – I've known John a long time, but I want to be on the winning side. So if Jason's showing more promise as a fighter, I'm going to be in his corner. It's just a fact. I love well, it. So I'm how did
4: how, how John do when he went to, to that Brazilian j- uh, jiu-jitsu <laughs> training in West Palm <laughs> Beach? I don't go? know. I need to –
3: need to get. I Was he in the kids class, Jason? I don't know. What, what kind well, of class? I, 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 I envisioned like the Kramer scene, like Kramer <laughs> and Seinfeld, where he's
0: just kicking no, all the kids' asses. Oh, no. he was in a kids' <laughs> gi.
6: I don't know if that makes much of a difference.
0: I don't... don't make me get my gi right now. My belt is so white. I washed it. <laughs> like a year ago, last time, Hey, Pahumpa, if he's listening to this, right. He's got dollar max, literally ready to line my garage, any chance for privates. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll see if I let him hop in my guard this weekend, but for now, so good. I just got to get healthy. Hey, Jay, appreciate the time, buddy. Thank and, you guys. Uh, appreciate the opportunity. Enjoy Monday night dude. football. There he is. Jason and you can catch him with UFC welterweight contender Bilal. Remember the name Muhammad coming up this Thursday night. So Cody, how's that for loyalty? Ken Flo might train my brother. Against me. I mean, I am a wounded duck right now. I'll be honest. I have patellar tendonitis. I have not been able to run on pavement in five weeks, uh, but we're getting it in. We ordered an assault f- fitness bike today. Hell yeah. I don't know why I did that. Your, your brother's more
3: marketable with the hair, dude. I'll 100%. be honest with you. He's got, he's got the look. No, I think I it. It'd be in my best it. interest to get behind him.
0: All right. Yeah. Well, there is a lot more for us to get to today because we have got a massive fight card coming up this weekend. As deep a main card, I think as we've had in a few weeks now, UFC fight night, Covington versus Woodley Beckins. Let us get to the main event challenge. It's the main event
1: challenge. The time is most definitely now. Florian. I finished fights. I'm going to do everything possible to win. The main event challenge. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast
0: it's funny when people talk about like a mean tweet segment because it can be so good, no matter what show you do it on. Right. I'd like to go to Ken Flo's Twitter page on fight night to see him taking shots. Right. Ian Parker, who now joins us live, right? When Ken Flo, uh gets a little hostile during a Saturday UFC fight night, I fucking love it. It's
7: amazing. It, on one hand, you have Bilal Muhammad, which is one of the funniest people on the planet. And then you have Kenny who is literally will <laughs> make any coach, feel like they're the best or the worst piece of shit on the planet. <laughs> How do you yell heel hook when she's on the ground and you're at half guard? You yell <laughs> heel hook? I'm, just saying, yeah, I'm reading this now. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm thinking the same thing. I'm yelling at my TV, but I'm just picturing Kenny yelling. and He's like one of those <laughs> women that type in the courtrooms. Like when the lawyers, like, like every word that Kenny's thinking, trying to coach someone, he's like this, he's like, how do you do this? And you think like the thought's done round two and Kenny's right back in there with them.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get you very
3: went, upset watching fights sometimes. I'm course. like, come on. Very upset. You, yes. do. you yeah, went
7: hard I do. this weekend.
3: I do.
0: <laughs> All right, well, Ian, it's good to see you. I'll, I'll update the standings. I believe the lone hit for both of you was Michelle Watterson by decision. That's a big four pointer on both sides. She was a slight underdog, and you had the method and the round. So Team Florian led Team Anik. It was 111, 109. It's now 115, 113. And we have got six main card selections for you. 14 fights coming up on Saturday night. Last time I was in Vegas, I did seven, and then I went and uh, did what I do after the fights. And now we have 14, so here we go. We'll preview six of them for you. First fight at middleweight, the last second king, Kevin Holland, minus 230. Darren, the dentist, Stewart plus 190. All right, IP, so both guys fought August 8th. They both won their fights. Holland, the favorite, Stuart, the underdog. Who do you have?
7: Yeah. I like Kevin Holland here. I'm going to ride that wave right now with him. I felt that Darren Stewart's fight against uh Mackie Patolo. I thought Patolo was actually laying the better shots. And I just think, uh, and if you want to go back and read Kenny's tweets to learn how to get out of a guillotine in the first round, have to not keep your head. I got him. I'm gonna get all night. Kenny, we're going to do this. Um, I just think that Stewart was not landing like he should have. I thought he was getting hit too much. And I think it's Kevin Holland. You can't afford to get hit like that. And Holland's a way smarter fighter.
0: Ken Flo, Kevin Holland, really fun to watch the Travis Luter pupil regain momentum since that setback against B.A. Brendan Allen a couple of years ago. Two straight wins for Holland. What do you think about him here against Darren Stewart?
3: Listen. Not only do I think he's going to win, but I think he is a big-time dark horse in the division. He's someone to watch. I think if we see another impressive performance from Kevin Holland against Darren Stewart, and he ends up getting a finish and looking impressive as he did in his last fight, he's a guy that can go very far in that division. I I think he's feeling himself right now. He's got the momentum. He's firing on all cylinders, literally, uh, with his striking. And and we still haven't seen. Uh, a lot of him on the ground as of late, but he's very sharp there as well. Uh, I like Kevin Hall and I think he gets the win. I think he gets I would, pretty quickly too.
0: And I would love to see him to your point, matched up against some of those guys in the top 15, but again, not that easy about going to the dentist's office. Am I right? Ian Parker, right? He's yeah. got to get through that first. All right. Yeah. Strawweight division, McKenzie Dern's a minus 200 favorite against random Marcos plus 170. So only Angela Hill has more UFC strawweight fights than random Marcos. And I hate to keep bringing this up on Randa Marcos because, as our audience knows, I do have a crush on her. But she's never won two straight fights in the UFC. She's never lost two straight, but 6-7-1 and one in the UFC for Randa Marcos. 15th UFC appearance here. She makes it as a 2-1 to or so underdog Ian Parker. What do you think about Marcos versus Mackenzie Dern?
7: Oh, this is, this is uh, and I like random Marcos too. I just feel like style wise, this is going to be a rough one for her. We're starting to see Mackenzie Dern let her hands go a little bit more too, which makes her more dangerous because once you get hit by her, she's athletic, she can throw. Then obviously if it goes to the ground, <clears throat> you're in trouble. And I think where random Marcos really succeeds is being a, a wrestler and being on top. And it, that's not going to work here. She doesn't throw em, enough volume for uh, Mackenzie Dern to really be concerned with those punches either. I don't know if she carries the power, I feel like she's gotten a really hard uh, the list of fighters. She's had to fight coming off of these losses too have not been easy, but I got to go Mackenzie Dern here. I also think that she's going to get this fight to the ground and sub her pretty quickly. Uh, and I would, you know what? For Mackenzie during that last fight too, although uh, she fought a little adversity, that was again, probably due to Kenny's tweets. I'm sure that was a, a nightmare that uh, her opponent had with that. I right. think Mackenzie Dern with putting her hands together, becoming more well-rounded. And with being able to make weight, is going to be very dangerous if she continues this.
0: Imagine if Ken Flo started going at me for some of my broadcasting <laughs> errors on Twitter. Maybe this Saturday night. T-O-A. Maybe, maybe you do it this Saturday night, Even <laughs> just a as a joke. T-O- Hopefully, they don't T-O-A. put it on the air.
7: Listen, he only does it through text, but I can vouch for Kenny. It's never once been about you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Anik doesn't give me a reason to, if I'm being honest. Uh, He does a phenomenal job as always. But, uh, you know, listen, I I agree with Ian here as well. I, I think, you know, Mackenzie Dern uh, she does her best work, obviously on the ground. There's a big difference between someone who's good on the ground and someone who is truly world-class on the ground. So Randa Marcos, uh, she does best when she gets that top position, she can utilize her ground or pound and she grinds out some good wins. I don't think this is the right fight for her. It's the right fight for Mackenzie Dern, though. Early on in her career, I think she she made some bad decisions management-wise and taking certain fights that she shouldn't have. I think she made the right decision here against Marcos. It should be a good submission win for her at some point, uh, probably second round, maybe something like that. But uh, good fight for Mackenzie. If she doesn't get it done here, uh, you know, I would actually be worried for Dern's career. But Mackenzie should get a pretty pretty decent win here.
0: She's 8-1 and one as a pro, is the former two-time Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion. That's at the black belt level, by the way. And and she says she was in the self-proclaimed best shape of her life for that. Hannah Cyphers fight seems to have the weight-cutting issues behind her now. So uh, big spot for Mackenzie Dern coming up on the main cod this weekend. Speaking of big spots, 205 pounds here. Johnny Walker Blue, minus 125 against Ryan Spann, who's minus 105. We're going to have Ken Flo start the bidding. Did you not like the Johnny Walker Blue? Is that why you're shaking your head? You're of me in. No. All right.
7: No, I, w- I was concerned. I was going to have to go first with this one, but then I, uh, I forgot. Uh, then
0: you checked New your turn. email. Yeah, exactly. So Ken Flo's going to stop the bidding. Ryan span, slight underdog for our purposes. Kenny, he's 18 and five out of Fortis MMA. He's won eight in a row and goes for a five and zero UFC start here against Johnny Walker. Who do you like? You know, I I like span
3: here in this fight. I think Johnny Walker, um, kind of had a lot of hype uh, around his name. He was getting a lot of quick finishes, but the problem with that is you don't really get a lot of information when you're getting guys who are, are finishing fights quickly. Um, we know that they have power, they're explosive, but what happens when you get into that second, third round? Um, and I, I think, He's shown really to kind of be a little bit of a dud, to be honest, uh, which is unfortunate. I hate to say that. I hope he can bring it back uh, around because he obviously physically is an absolute beast. Uh, Technically, and as far as making the right decisions in there, um, it's kind of really been lacking for me. So uh, I I think that Ryan Spann is in a great position here to get a win over a big name and, and, and Walker. Um, I think span is the more technical fighter. He tends to slow down as the fight goes on as well, but Walker really slows down. Uh, So I think that's why I like span and span's not too bad on the ground too. I think he's much better than Walker on the ground. Uh, A a lot of momentum for span heading into this one. Uh, I like him to win this fight.
0: It is interesting about Johnny Walker and you hit on a a number of good points there, but he's super intelligent as a guy. He learned English in a year. He's a former engineer. It doesn't always translate to the fight IQ necessarily. uh, But certainly a fun guy to watch slightly favored here against Ryan Spanny and Parker, who do you have?
7: You know what? Uh, Ryan, here's my issue with Ryan span. That last fight against Sam Alvey really didn't show me a lot either. Um, You know, instead of, Setting up his wrestling, he just kind of dove in. He was getting tagged a lot. And some people thought that Alvi won that fight. And he gave Alvy every opportunity to win that fight. I don't know on a strength level. I mean, I would like to think that uh he is, is Walker still with Faras in, uh in Canada right now. If he is, I'm hoping he's working on his cardio. I'm hope well, go ahead. John, no, me I mean he
0: bounces all over the place. I will tell you what I have right now, which it stands to reason will be updated. Um, but John Kavanaugh. David Roach and Misha Serkinov okay. scheduled to be in his corner this weekend.
7: That's interesting with Misha Serkinov. So I kind of like that because Ryan span right now in order to win this fight, he's not going to win it standing and he's definitely not going to win that in the clinch right now. And it's one thing if he was a cardio guy, I don't want to rant because that, that's the thing with sometimes with these wrestlers who I believe span really relies on here. I think if Walker's cardio is good and he just doesn't go in cocky, goes in there like, Hey, I got to prove myself here. I think he's the way better striker. I think physicality wise, He could utilize the clinch. To me, it's whoever gasses out first. I'm just hoping that Walker returns to form here. And I'm going to go with Johnny Walker.
0: All right, Ian Parker likes Johnny Walker. Now we move on to the middleweight division. And a man who has had as big a 2020 as anyone, he is Hamzat Chimaev, minus 550, the favorite here against Gerald Merschard, who comes back at plus 400. So Hamzat Chimaev is so compelling right now. You can see I'm practicing his name as much as possible that I'm asking you guys for the round and the method of victory, even though this is not even a co-main event. We've never done that in the history of the Anakin Florian podcast. So uh, guy has a lot of things going for him. He was two and zero on Fight Island. Now he's in Vegas against the credential GM three Ian Parker. Who do you have here and how do they get it done?
7: Oh, I really hate to pick against GM three. I know it's Bilal's boy. I just think matchup wise, this is kind of rough. We've seen GM three take a lot of damage in the last few fights. Uh, Chin wise, not the greatest. Athleticism wise, there's a huge difference here. I think Chema, you know, listen, I understand the hype, um, but against guys that, you know, obviously people haven't heard of, it's interesting to see a guy finish and get double booked. I think that is super disrespectful to GM three, who's a vet. I do think though that the athleticism here is just so far apart. I don't think GM3 has the striking to separate that or to close the distance on the athleticism. Man, I don't I would I really don't want to see him get destroyed. I just have a hard time with this fight. And I think Chamayev will get the fight uh ground and pound win TKO round one. I really do. I just I hate saying that because I I'm boys are a lot of guys that Gerald's friends with, but it's uh it's a tough one here. And I don't like that they're gonna have him against uh Damien, if
0: he does win this fight, cause well, you're not here to make friends, right? That's the good news, right? Just like me on Saturday night, not out there to make friends. So we appreciate the prediction for
7: how long Kenny doesn't like me still.
0: It's fine. We got this former Swedish national champion in freestyle wrestling. And man has the wrestling (laughs) translated to MMA can flow. So he won a gift or a gift card to a hotel in Stockholm, Sweden, right? Because he won one of these wrestling tournaments. So he's in Stockholm for the weekend. He goes to all-stars MMA. And I guess you can say the rest is history. What do you think about Chimaev at 85 here against GM three? Well, you know, I I think we need to
3: talk about that. This isn't a fight at 170 pounds. It is at 185 pounds. I think uh, size wise, it's not going to be so easy to throw around Mearshart if it is easy uh then, right, right, you know, right. we, we have a big time problem, which I think we already uh. do have, uh in Chimayev. I, I think Chimaev is gonna get it done. I do see it going into the second round a little bit. I think mirshard's probably gonna take a lot of damage in round one, uh, but he will survive the bell. I think in round two, uh Hamzat is going to finish him off. Um, uh, I think he's a phenomenal wrestler. Uh, he really knows how to pinpoint Uh, when to throw the ground and pound and when to advance position, which is an art that I think is really lost. I think the other guy who really does it really well is Habib Nurmagomedov. So he's in good company there. Um, I I don't see him long-term at 185 pounds doing something, but I do think he will get by GM three. And as far as his next fight, who knows uh, against Maya, but I I love that he's attempting this. It, It gets me excited. I think it gets a lot of the fans excited. Uh, and I think it it brings a lot of intrigue here, uh, with Jumayev.
0: And we'll see how disrespectful it is. It might be absolutely warranted. And that fight proposed against Damian Maya, I would think would be at 170 pounds, where to your point, Ken Flo, that would appear to be uh, where he would like to get on a championship trajectory. But who knows? I mean, far be it for me to put anything past this kid right now if he wants to try to chase greatness in two divisions. Round two TKO for you, Ken Flo. Yes, sir. All right. Co-main event at 170 pounds. Nico Price, minus 160. Donald Cowboy Cerrone, plus 140. There will be action, likely blood. Maybe a trip for one of these two to uh, to one of those, what are they called? ENTs, Ian? Those ear, nose, and throat specialists after the fight, perhaps? You're right, you looking at
7: my nose and you're asking me?
0: Yeah. Ken Flo, <laughs> Price going to be right? Price going to be wrong? You like Nico as a favorite here against Cerrone? What do you think about the co
3: you know, I think from a gambling perspective, it's an interesting one for Cerrone uh, because he is an underdog and you don't see him against an underdog too often against a guy who isn't in the top five in his division. Um, however, Nico price is freaking crazy. Uh, he does not care. He will take a couple punches to land his one. Uh, he's going to be significantly larger than Cowboy Cerrone. Cerrone isn't the the, the best guy uh, to start a fight. It usually takes him a little bit to get warmed up. Once he gets hit, uh, he, he comes to and, and seems to kind of turn it up a notch. I'm not sure you want to do that against someone like Nico Price, who I think is always going to be dangerous for every second of every fight, every round. Um, and again, I think his size is going to be a big time issue for Cerrone. I would love to see Cerrone, uh, pull off the win uh, as he tries to kind of fight his way back here. But, um, I I think Nico price is going to be a little bit too much crazy for Cerrone. Uh, I think he ends up hurting Cerrone and maybe finishing him off on the ground with a TKO. All
0: right. Nico price by TKO. You got a round for me, Ken flow. Let's go round one. Round one, TKO for Nico Price. All right, Ian Parker, I got some numbers for you. I texted these to Cody Merrow today. I think he kind of stonewalled me, but I thought it was kind of interesting. I love you, Cody. Donald Cerrone at one point was 19 and four in the UFC, Ken 19 and four for Cerrone through 23 UFC appearances. Four and eight now since the start of 2017. So uh, obviously things have not gone his way of late, but still I think has a penchant to produce something great this weekend. On the other side, Nico Price has finished all six of his UFC wins. Vicente Luque has handed him two of his four UFC losses, Ian Parker, Uh, but he's never lost two fights in a row trying to avoid that fate here. What do you think, cowboy or the hybrid for you?
7: This is a very confusing fight for me for Donald Cerrone at this point in his career because... I don't see what this does for him, even if he does win. You know, for me, I would have liked to have seen Cowboy maybe fight Nick Diaz if Nick Diaz came back at a 170 as like a Legends fight type of thing. You know, I just don't know anymore who they put against Cowboy because I got to be honest here. I don't see Cowboy making a run for the title at 55 or 70. You know, and for me, I'd like to see him make as much money as possible without. Losing every brain, whatever brain cells he has left. It's just, it's always violence. You know, you don't Being, fight like that for so long. Don't you think it's a little
3: concerning even that Cerrone took this fight against Price? It's almost like he's like, eh, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'll fight whoever. But when you start taking fights like that as a fighter,
7: I feel like you kind of disrespect your name and your legacy a little bit, right? John, do you see this? Kenny's engaging with me when I'm answering. This is.
0: He oh, must've liked right, what you had to you, say,
7: you know, you got me right in the fields flow, especially that ear shirt that no one's even, is that ears on your shirt? I love it. All right. So, you know, no, <laughs> and, and Kenny, you're, <laughs> you're absolutely right. I just, it's like, all right, do I care anymore unless they're just paying him an absurd amount to be the name on the card that draws ears and eyes to it, uh, to give Nico price some, you know, a little bit of clout if he gets the win, but it kind of sucks though, you know, because I don't want to see cowboy, get knocked out as much as I love Nico price by a guy that's not in the top five. Like you said, I do think Nico prices size is going to be a problem. We've seen that Cowboy struggles when guys pressure the shit out of him and Nico's not backing down. He is going to come forward. He literally sits there with one eye goes, I love you, baby. Or whatever he said in that last one, that shit yeah. just replays in my head. Not one of my better impressions. I apologize, but I do think Nico price will get it done here. I was leaning towards Cowboy a little bit, but he's just a little bit too stiff. He's too slow. I don't know how much longer he could do this for. And against a psycho like Price, I think Nico Price, I'm hoping it's not round one, not because I want Cowboy to lose. I don't want Ken to Can you make a fucking pick since Ken for really so nice to you? Can really you
0: give can me not. a prediction on the I'm co-main trying. event?
7: I'm trying. Listen, you want chicken salad or you want chicken shit, bro? This is I, a hard
0: one. This is not like just on your radar. I sent you Friday. You have Nico Price. Do you have a round or a method for me?
7: I got a round two, John. Right. Round two. And the, Sorry. Method? and the method. Oh, TKO, TKO.
0: And this helps your Q rating because the listeners don't like when I am not nice to people. So, uh, <laughs> this is going to, everybody's going to be, Hey, Annick be nicer to the duck. You know, it's all right. All right. Main event poll question today at Annick Florian pod, who wins the main event Colby Covington minus three fifty or Tyron Woodley plus two ninety? 70.1% of you. Are backing Colby Covington. A lot of people do believe that this fight is properly priced. Woodley's last win, Ken Flo, came all the way back in September of 2018 against Darren Till at UFC 228. Colby Covington, of course, came up short against Kamaru Usman last December, but Manny, and did he have a whole lot of moments in that UFC 245 fight. Hit Kamaru with some huge shots that Usman was just able to eat. Obviously, Covington's current form appears better than Woodley's. Who do you have in the main event, my man?
7: The odds throw me off here. It's just so hard for me to see Woodley be such an underdog with the power he possesses, with the wrestling credentials he possesses, with the team he trains with the cardio is the question here, right? And the question is the output. Is he going to throw his hands? Oh, you know, I, what I tried to do was I didn't watch the Usman fight for, a, again, I went back to watch the Robbie Lawler fight. Uh, I tried to go back to a guy that maybe fights a little similar to Woodley out of the two. Don't worry. I'm not going to rant here. I promise. Um, I just think that Woodley, if his cardio is there and he throws, that power could be the difference maker. Because I don't know if Colby gets him to the ground so easily. And if Colby's takedowns are not a threat, his striking, it's not the power, just the volume, right? Against Gilbert Durino in that last fight, it was power. And it was aggression on the ground. It's so hard to not take Colby Covington here because it's just a straight pick. So I'm going to do Colby by decision. On a betting standpoint, though, I would tell anybody, if you're up money on the night, there's no shame in sprinkling something on Woodley, hoping he gets the knockout.
0: All right, Ian Parker likes Colby Covington by decision. Ken Flo, we talked about this fight earlier. A lot of people think it's as simple as Tyron just letting his hands go. And when you look at his last two fights, inactivity is a buzzword for me. So I do believe that is in Tyron's head. I think he has no choice but to be more offensive and aggressive and might pay for it this weekend. I do think he's in St. Louis. I do believe he's closed. What was already a very tight inner circle. He's allowed Jorge game Mosfidal in, but you know, Woodley exceedingly well, Ken flow. I defer to you. Um, what type of effort are we going to get from the former champ this weekend?
3: Jeez. I, I wish I knew. Um, I, I think that, if you're not able to get up for a fight against someone like a Kobe Covington, who he has a long history with, there's a problem. A- and it-, it would concern me greatly if we see a Tyron Woodley that just shuts down uh, after a couple of minutes. Um, and I-, I-, I love Tyron. So it's going to be very difficult uh, no matter who he go- goes against for me to pick uh, against him. Um, I do think Tyron Woodley in his prime can beat any welterweight in the world. He's proven that. Um, but I hope that he's changed his training practices. I hope that he's changed his mindset. Um, I, if he's done that, I think he's got a good shot. However, do I see Tyron Woodley decisioning someone like a Kobe Covington? Probably not. Right. Uh, if it goes to decision um, I would imagine that Kobe Covington would probably be up on the judges' scorecard. Uh, if there's a finish in this fight, I would think it would most likely be Tyron Woodley uh, with, with that big right hand that he possesses. I think he's got to uh, probe with that big overhand right, and he's got to look for that uppercut as well when Kobe tries to come in. The good thing in this matchup is that Kobe Covington will inevitably move forward. Uh, he he's, he's going to move forward. He's going to try to trade. He's going to be aggressive, which I think bodes well for Tyron Woodley in that counter style that he's kind of adopted over the last few years. Um, we know about Woodley's power. I I just think he has been hesitant to Ian's point uh, in throwing a lot because he was afraid that he was going to get tired. He is afraid to wrestle. It seems because he thinks he's going to get tired. That's never a good mindset when you're going into a fight. Either you didn't do your work or, I don't know, you got to do something about getting mentally stronger. I I, I think Tyron Woodley um, needs this one big time for him, for his family, uh, for redemption, I think to prove something big to himself. Uh, So in that regard, I'm going to go with Tyron Woodley uh, round two, knockout.
0: Oh, you're getting me excited. And you're right. He needs this one for family, for self, for a lot of different reasons. All right. The duck is Ian Parker on social media at Ian Parker, MMA, engaging with fans on fight night. If you are so inclined. Hey, good stuff today, my brother. I appreciate you as always. Any parting shot before we let you go.
7: I'm excited for this stacked car. We haven't had a real big one in a while. Yeah. Uh, Kudos to Angela Hill, Michelle Watterson for putting on a show in that main event when people really didn't think that was going to do it justice. They threw down really nicely. Angela Hill, you have nothing to be ashamed of. Amazing fight. Michelle Watterson. Awesome job.
0: All right, buddy. Great stuff. We'll talk to you next week. You got it guys. There he is Ian Parker with us for the main event challenge. And of course we will close it out. With the pick-to-click, as many of you know, Cody and I are going head-to-head in the NFL this season. Loser has to take five shots of an alcohol to be chosen by the winner inside the first 20 minutes on an upcoming episode of the Anakin Florian podcast. And anyone who knows me knows my alcohol tolerance ain't great. So that would be fun for a lot of people if I took five shots in 20 minutes. And if Cody Merrow is going to win the pick to click, it's going to be a rally because he is 0-1 after a poor selection on the Philadelphia Eagles in week one. Team Attic out 1-0 after the St. Louis Rams. Oh, I called him St. Louis. The L.A. Rams cashed as three-point home underdogs. True Florian is joining the program for the pick to click. So now I'm like all in. Cody, who do you have in week two in the National Football League?
6: Well, you're going to have to deal with that St. Louis claim because you're going to have to deal with Tyron Woodley this weekend. But my pick, short and sweet, Baltimore minus six and a half. Houston looked so bad last week. David Johnson and Brandon Cooks both start this week day to day. That'll probably be fine by next week, but Brandon Cooks has never been healthy his entire career. The line actually opened at six. You can get it at six and a half. Now I bet it's seven. By the time the game starts, Texans are abysmal three and seven, their last 10 home games against the spread. The Ravens, the exact opposite nine and two in their last 11 overall against the spread. So Ravens minus six and a half. Oh, Look at
0: the numbers. I might have to tell you, I do like Baltimore this weekend. So I'm sitting here right now on a Monday night. The Tennessee Titans are playing their season opener Monday night football later tonight. They're 11 point home favorites against the Jacksonville Jaguars in week two. So 11 is a huge number. I can assure our audience that I will be on Jacksonville plus 11, but the pick to click for me is the Seattle Seahawks laying four home to the new England Patriots. I don't like the scheduling spot for new England. I know it's week two, but this is one of the games I pinpointed as an L Uh, you know, I know the home field advantage in Seattle is not what it normally is going to be because there will not be a crowd there in all likelihood. But uh, I do think the Seahawks beat the Patriots by more than a touchdown. I liked a lot of what I saw down to new England, especially defensively, but I'm just not sold yet. I think the price is relatively short Seahawks for me and come two.
6: on. Well, you notice what hat he wore. He didn't wear the new England cartel hat. He got for free. Cause he knows I'm going to send a text to Tyson chartier right after this and tell <laughs> him
0: you win against the Patriots. Patriot uh, yeah, uh, have
6: Rob Fawn, exactly. Calvin Cater at your door.
0: All right. Well, Seattle, Minus four, it is true. Florian, the greatest Florian, <laughs> is joining us for the final segment of the show. Aniflorianpodcast dot com for the merchandise, if you want that. We will be back with you likely next Tuesday. I'll be live in Abu Dhabi as we get you ready for UFC two fifty three, Adesanya versus Costa. Now, just twelve days away. With that, this has been a Cody Mero production. Thank you to our guests, Brian, Stan, Ray, Longo, Bilal, Muhammad. Jason Anik, Ian Parker. With that, for Ken Flo, I'm John Anik. Appreciate every last one of you listening. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. We appreciate that as well. We will talk to you in about a week. Until then, enjoy the fights. Yo, later.